You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we're television news anchors at competing stations in New York. But in real life, we are the best of friends. Okay, so tell our listeners why we decided on The Ladies Room. You know, it's that place where you get yourself together, maybe fix your hair and makeup, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, you know I know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal ladies who are doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. We're on air in the ladies' room. All right, we are in the ladies' room with the phenomenal, who I watch every morning, because I'm an ABC affiliate in Syracuse, obviously, so I watch her every morning, author, mother, powerhouse journalist, Lindsay Davis. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, with ladies, us. for having me. Yes. So we're excited. We have a lot to talk about. We, we're going to talk about your book, your career in journalism, but we'll start with your career uh, to begin with. Talk to me about how you got into journalism. It was journalism always your your dream it job. It was not. Okay. And as a matter of fact, because we're going to have to, our Syracusers, because my first job was in Syracuse, yeah, really? actually. Yes, at the, the CBS affiliate, no longer in existence, mm-hmm. I don't believe, at this point. No. But um, so uh, early on, I always wanted to be a lawyer. That was my plan. Like in high school, I, was, I interned in different uh, law firms, and that was the plan. And then I just decided, you know, I'm a very competitive person, and I felt like the idea of always winning and losing a case, uh, because I wanted to mm-hmm. practice and do trials and, you know, the kind of stuff that you see on TV. And then I just thought, you know, that's going to really, for somebody like me, my spirit might just, it might be overwhelming yeah. to always have to, like, win or lose. And how will I process that? And will I be taking that home with me every day. And so then I kind of, I don't know, at a certain point just kind of fell out of love with the idea of becoming a lawyer. And then for a little bit I dabbled in thought of, of I would become a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Then, so I majored in psychology actually at University of Virginia. Um, then I studied abroad in London for a semester. It was my third year. At that point we had already fulfilled essentially what's like a core curriculum that like you had to, you know, all the different kind of things you had to check off the list, right? And so you could take any classes that you want. And so at that point is when I really started kind of venturing into like a journalistic way, not deliberately. And so just as God would have it, right, um, there was a, a moment where I just had this revelation, just this epiphany. I was in Spain. I was visiting my high school Spanish exchange student. I was in the room by myself for whatever reason. I was watching the news in Spanish, not particularly understanding a single word of what they were saying. <laughs> but I just decided and just had this clarity this is what I want to do. Wow. This is what I want to do. I had not pursued any internships or any kind of opportunities. University of Virginia did not have a communications major. And so at that point, I, I didn't want to backtrack. I didn't want to have to change schools. So I just went ahead and, and went and majored in, my, in psychology and graduated on time from University of Virginia. But, and, and this actually has changed, which is a big significance here in, in these days. At the time, in order to get an internship, you had to be able to get college credit in mm-hmm. return. So basically, I was at a place where my parents, I said that they paid $50,000 for me to get uh, an internship, mm-hmm. right? Because I had, I went to NYU just so that I could get an internship, just so that I could say I was getting a college credit for it. Um, so I interned here, uh, so I went to NYU, interned um, at uh, the local NBC affiliate at the time, and really just decided this is this is for me. I'd always been kind of told from different speaking engagements and said, oh, you have a great voice, you have a great speaking voice, you should do something in this field. Um, one of my high school friends, I gave a toast at her wedding, mm-hmm. and this guy that uh, owned at the time uh, a few uh, television stations came up to me and basically offered me a job. At the wow, point, you know, that doesn't really, happen. Yes, it was, it was really... 
um, just uncanny, but I just decided this is what I want to do. And at that point, um, fortunately, had a family friend who basically I thought I was just going to be going out to lunch with a guy one day and just to kind of talk about the opportunities. And that's what we did. And a few months later, he said, hey, what are you about to, what are you going to be doing in the spring? And I was like, well, I'm going to be looking for a job. And he said, well, we'd like to offer you, you know, it was essentially a glorified paid internship in Syracuse, mm -hmm. um, which was just a year um, position from the beginning. But I always felt like I was going to be able to parlay that into like beyond the year. And then when the year was up, they were like, no, really, we're not <laughs> going to hire you. And I, I remember as if it were yesterday, I was out with a photographer named Joe Pachado. We were Joe Pachado? You know Joe yes! Pachado? Oh, my God. So, so small. Yes, yeah. it is. So Joe Pachado was the chief photographer mm -hmm. at the time at that station. And I was trying to get myself together to be on camera. And I just started crying in the car. And I was like, you know, they're not going to hire me. And I don't have a plan. I don't know what I'm going to do. He was like listen, kid, this is the best thing that could have ever happen to you. <laughs> and at the moment, I had no idea what he was talking about. But I hear that all the time. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And it's just so uh, funny how God works in that way, where you just don't realize at times when, you know, especially when, and I felt like he was speaking through Joe at that time. Like, this is good for you. I'm pushing you out of the cage so you'll fly. Yes. Because other than that, I would have stayed. And so it really got me going. And uh, at the time, there was a website. I think it probably still exists, tvjobs.com. Yep. And uh, so I started at the time, again, I'm dating myself, but VHS cassette tape yeah. I made. And I was just, like sending them <laughs> out, tape tape, yeah. big clunky boxes and, and, and shipping them out to just basically anywhere that had an opening. Um, my mom has a twin sister who lives in Michigan, so I decided I'd start sending, um, Flint, Michigan had an opening, and, um, the, the news director called me, I was doing, like, karate kick, like, yes, in the air, <laughs> I was so excited, so that was my second job, and so I was at WJRT for, um, for a year and a half, uh, then went to Indianapolis for about four and a half years, almost five years there, and, and uh, anchored and, and, uh, reported, and then I uh, got the opportunity to, to come to New York, and um, I worked initially for ABC News One, which you, you provide, you're, you work for all the affiliates, basically. And then um, after about two years, uh, kind of transitioned into the network. So you've covered some major stories, very hard news stories. How are you just able to brand yourself as... This to me, it seems like it's your brand. Like when I think of Lindsay Davis, I think serious journalists mm. and building your brand in in that regard. Well, I hope so. You know, I I don't know how it happens often, but I think that you know your personality kind of lends itself to certain kinds mm -hmm. of stories. And and lately, it's funny. I've been joking with some of my colleagues, and they say, you know, when you think sexual harassment, you think Lindsay Davis, because <laughs> I've been doing. I mean, it's become a beat, unfortunately, uh, in this country where you have so much. Of the, the Me Too movement um, and, and, and so many women coming forward to say, you know, it happened to me too. And that has, because I really started um, with Bill Cosby's story. And then that just, you know, as we saw it go through then with Harvey Weinstein and, and Matt Lauer and on and on and on. Um, and so that has kind of become like a, a beat of mine. Uh, lately, Larry Nasser, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think that I've never had that uh, flowery, laugh when things aren't funny, you know, smile when there's nothing really like to smile about kind of personality. It's hard for me. I think that there are people, I think that that's also a talent, and I think that's a skill to just be able to, you know, make small talk and laugh yeah. and, you know, ka 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 like, or whatever <laughs> about whatever's going on, but I just am really like, okay, let's just get down to what are the facts and what is going on here, and let me then convey that in the best way to our audience in, in just a, a real and accurate 
um, way of, of what's happening. It's just been my personality, you know? It's just like how my grandmother was, and it's just how my mother is, yeah. and, and I think how I am. And, and so and now it, you know, it allows me, the more time that I've been with the network, to um, have a little bit of selection. You know, I can be selective uh, with the stories that I'm, that I'm taking on. And so that's a big compliment. I hope that that is what I'm, I'm a serious journalist. I hope that that's how I'm perceived. Yeah, oh, most, most definitely, most definitely. So, and just in talking about that, like I said, I, since I work for the ABC affiliate, every morning I see you and I'm just like, oh, yes, yes, oh, keep thank doing, you. doing what you're doing. <laughs> in terms of you getting your stories, how, because obviously at the local level, we're pitching stories. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of enterprising. Is it the same like that? at the network or are you assigned things? How does that work in your day-to-day? -day, what does that look like? Um, Nightline, I think it, there is still a level of a lot of pitching that's going on because Nightline has that great uh, format and opportunity to really take stories a step further. And so it doesn't always have to be what's happening that day, what's happening right now, this hour, this second. Um, and so where Good Morning America and World News, it's really, you know, we call it an evergreen story, a story that, you know, could last a little bit, right? And in the second hour of Good Morning America, there is an opportunity for that. Um, but for the most part, the first hour of Good Morning America and definitely the whole half hour of World News, it's what is happening today. I mean, if, if you're pitching a story about like, well, I was thinking we could talk about this, you know, by the next day, it's too late. I mean, if you just saw, you know, yesterday through the emails that were coming in, it was like, oh, there's a plane crash in Cuba. You know, we're already preparing uh, for, the, for the royal wedding. Um, and then the school shooting in Texas. And, you know, I mean, so there's just enough news for the day. I mean, it, it just seems like we are inundated more, I would say, now than ever before. And then, you know, of course, with Washington, D.C., we normally have about two or three stories coming out of the White House every day. So it's, it, there's... Um, Again, you know, different formats that you have an opportunity to pitch for, but most of the time, the news, the day uh, provides enough news for itself. Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about, we were kind of talking offline, um, your day-to-day -day schedule. I don't know if there is a day-to-day -day in news, but like we see you early in the morning, we see you in the evening and at night, I guess... How, how are you do, making this all possible? Yes. Well, I call it a donut day. So, because I have a hole in the middle, for the most part, unless I'm traveling somewhere for work. But uh, generally, I'm probably leaving home uh, a little bit after five in the morning, depending on where I'm hitting in, in Good Morning America's lineup. And then I go in, do hair, makeup, do our, like, two minutes on air, and then I go back home. And I normally then take my son to school or see him off to school and then pick him up. He's, he's only four, so he just goes for a half day. And so fortunately, then I'm able to, you know, have that moment with him either before school or after school because he gets back off at 11.30 in the morning. And then uh, spend a little bit of time with him, maybe make lunch for him or, you know, take a nap while he's at school. And then I drive back in to work. And then I'm just uh, basically on standby or on call for world news because you don't know if you're going to be in the show. I mean, obviously, if there's something like where we got, you know, had an exclusive interview with one of the Cosby jurors, and so you know that that story is going to ultimately end up being on world news. But from day to day, I don't know if I'm going to be on world news. And then quite often, you know, there's a story that you might be working on all day, and then it gets bumped because there's breaking news. And so even if you don't see us on the air, we undoubtedly are working on a story or planning to be on the air. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting in the makeup chair at 6.15, and then it's like, well, my story just got mm -hmm. killed. 
Um, but, you know, and then I, I'm pretty much back at home uh, at around 8 o'clock. So it's a long day, but I do get that moment, you know, in which I think is just such precious time, and I'll take that long day in order to be able to spend the time with my son. Mm-hmm, definitely. And so talk about, um, we were talking about the Cosby trial, and you... Even outside of that, you've been able to secure a lot of exclusive interviews. And that is, any reporter knows that's a talent that you have to have to really be able to get those interviews that other people can't get. So even in that trial, and then, you know, if there's another thing that stands out in your mind in terms of how you were able to get that, any tips for a younger journalist trying to secure those those interviews? Well, I think it's just about relationships, Mm -hmm. just like so much in this life, right, in this world. It's just about um, really gaining access to people. And... Gaining people's trust um, because you know there's a, there are a lot of things where you know off the record I've had a lot of conversations with people in general and I haven't burned them and I could have you know gotten the gone for the quick win for the easy you know layup if, if, you know just to say hey this is what I learned about X person right but over time they see like Lindsay could have said this and she didn't and so we can trust Lindsay and so maybe we'll go out to lunch with Lindsay or maybe we'll you know think about what kind of opportunity we can present to Lindsay because we trust her. And so when we want our story to be told, uh, we're going to go to her. And I, I thought it was one of the best uh, compliments Felicia Rashad gave it. She said, you know, I was only going to sit down once and I was only going to do it with you. And I really appreciate it. And she said, because she trusted that I was going to be um, accurate mm-hmm. and, and fair. And, um, and so I think that it's just when you're in... Uh, local news, you know, I remember I used to take, uh, you know, the district attorney to lunch, or always trying to mm-hmm. anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's just a matter of, uh, and not just when you need something, yes. right? It's just taking them to lunch just because, like, so, what's on the docket? What's going on? You know, day to day, like, get, let me know about who you are mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the things that you then ultimately have in common with, with people who are in your everyday. And that ultimately will come full circle and will, will benefit you in the long run. Definitely. So it's hard to get to the network. Staying there, I feel like, is even harder. What what do you think is the key to longevity? And you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, so I've been at ABC now for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And... um, haven't bounced around. A lot of people, once they kind of are at one network, then they go to another, and uh, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse to not know what else yeah. is out there or what's what it's like, you know, across the street somewhere else. Um, but I, I think the same thing is true. It's just I, I put my head down. I try and do good work, and um, I think you want to get something that sets you apart. So for me, I've always, you know, rather than consider myself a reporter, I'd like to... Uh, call myself a storyteller Mm -hmm. and so you know as you see like with local news and actually because I I told you in the beginning that I've always been very competitive and so local news I always like the idea we all show up maybe four of us right from a different uh, from a different station and we all have the same access to the same sound bites the same interviews the same video the same natural sound and so it was uh, always like kind of a a crazy little joy of mine to go back and then watch like I wanted to see how everybody else who showed up told the story because it's like it's like preparing a meal right it's like we're doing some um you know live reality tv of 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 show uh, a chef show Mm -hmm. so everybody has the same ingredients and then what meal are you going to prepare with those ingredients and um i always want to say that i'm going to just tell you the story Mm -hmm. in a compelling way in an accurate way um but really kind of put you there and give you the same sense that i had the same observations that i had when i was on the scene of, of whatever the location is and i think that that has really 
um, helped in, in the longevity for me. Uh, because a lot of people get into this business because they just want to see their, themselves on TV. Ooh. They want, you know, they don't realize really what goes into all of this. You know, they're not like I slept in a car in, in New Orleans, you know, for the Hurricane Katrina's and all of that, those kinds of things like in Haiti, you know, the earthquake and, and you're eating, you know, these, these meals like kind of just add water meals for yeah. several days at a time. And um, it's not this glamorous life. I mean, of course, there are moments. Where, you know, there, there's the glitz and glam of it and, and, you know, the really, hey, I have a really cool job every once in a while that I really feel like, you know, you, when you are part of uh, a history. Um, but I just think that for me, it's been trying to really write really well and, and, and be a storyteller and a voice that people can trust. But I think that everybody has to carve out what it is for themselves. Right, that that sets them apart, that makes them better, that makes them memorable, that makes them a standout. Yeah, and keyword to any of the future journalists listening: write well. Yes, you have to and just, that's yeah, important. be well read as well. So, talking about books, transitioning, <laughs> we'll talk about the world is awake. And first of all, I don't even see how you had time to to balance all of that and come out with this phenomenal book. Yeah, I didn't. You know what? It's actually writing a book is the easy part. But it's the promotion of the book okay. afterward that's really a lot of the, the legwork. Um, and so fortunately, I have a really great husband who's kind of, you know, been able to kick it into high gear at home with my son and everything. And um, But it, it was really, so I, again, I had this kind of donut day. So I'd go and do GMA, kind of have the free time, go back, do world news. When I would rush home, put my son to bed. And then often I would want to just kind of the distraction of just kind of like a going to a good book when you're reading a good book. You know, you, you're excited to go back and read that good book. And this is how I felt. It was like an energy that I felt once my son was in sleep, that I was asleep. And the news of the day is often so bad. It's yes. really, you know, death and destruction and murdered and missing. And so this was uh, my escape. This was my way of uh, figuratively and literally kind of writing about the good news. Mm. Um, and it was something that I enjoyed, the, the creative juices again, you know, which sometimes I, I was not able to get into my story. Because, you know, for World News, for example, we might just have 50 seconds to tell a story. And so it's not like you're able to, like, really massage the prose and have this love affair with the English language. And so here was uh, an opportunity and just a blank canvas for me to just be able to paint words and, and really just have fun. And at the same time, um, something that I could share with my son mm -hmm. because what I do day to day is quite often like in, you know even like race relations with Starbucks he was you know like watching uh, GMA the other day and we were watching uh, a few weeks ago Robin interviewing the, the two mm -hmm. men that had been arrested at Starbucks and I did I thought my son was not even paying attention he was putting a puzzle together and then all of a sudden he said so are we gonna get arrested the policeman mm -hmm. is gonna arrest us in Starbucks mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't want to have to even get into it. He's only four. I didn't want to really get into the, the race mm -hmm. of it all, you know. So I was kind of just trying to explain, well, when you're in Starbucks, you have to buy something if you're going to stay there. You know, it became this yeah. whole, you know, very heady conversation for a four-year-old. And so after a while, I just have to kind of turn the TV off and, and not even really show him. He wants to see me reporting on, yeah. on TV, but I can't, the stuff that I'm talking about quite often, it's just not appropriate for him. And so this was something I felt that was like uh, directly, you know, a gift that I could share with what mommy does with him. Mm -hmm. 
and not only him, uh, but with other other kids, other people's children. Um, and, and he was actually the inspiration. So we were, when he was just two years old, we were in the car and he out of nowhere said, mommy, does God open up the flowers? And I was um, really amazed at his curiosity and his ability to make that connection between God and nature. And so wanted to then answer his question and make it very meaningful, uh, an introduction to who God is through uh, the world around us. I mean, we have a lot of books um, at home which you know deal with the Bible and scripture and everything. And he loves you know Jonah and the whale and Daniel and the lion's den and, uh, and David and Goliath is his favorite. But I think that for his age group, it, they're too young to really understand God's place in those stories. And so this was a way, you know, kind of meet them where they are, look at the rainbow, look at the sunrise and the sunset and the little bunny rabbit and all the things that he finds so fascinating. And look, hey, that's God's handiwork. That's God's um, work and magic all around us. And um, and you're in this world. We can frolic in this world and enjoy it. And um, it also actually ended up being kind of a message back to me because I think as adults, we often put blinders on and we forget to see and stop and, and, and enjoy and appreciate, like, look at God. And, you know, it's a hashtag that people talk about all the time, like, look at God, yeah. you know, but, but let's look at God, yes. you know, and yes. so... Um, I, I think that there are so many times, like I've made benchmarks in my own career when, when I, I said, you know, before I'm 25, I want to be in market 25 or higher. And by the time I'm 30, I want to be at the network. And, uh, you know, I always had these goals and I made them and it was really important to me that I made them. But now becoming a mother has changed. And I've just decided, you know, if I can raise a son who loves God, then that is the mark for success for me. And so... That is a large part of where uh, the world is awake came from. Definitely. And I know when you introduced your book on GMA, he was there. Yes. And, uh, so cute. He said that he's shy. Uh-huh. He is shy. Do you think, does he want to follow in mommy's footsteps? Well, I mean, he's so young, obviously. Yeah, he it's, it. he's young and he, uh, he'll he hold a pretend microphone at home and say, hello, everybody, you know, just to me. About, and he'll try and talk about, he, he saw on the news the other day that was the volcano oh, in Hawaii. Yeah, so Hawaii. he started, he's making up his stuff about and the hot lava it's killing people he's like just saying all this stuff I don't know where he's getting it from but uh I I actually wouldn't necessarily want him to to go into this career but um he's he's he doesn't like so it's interesting sometimes he comes to work with me good morning America and sometimes he comes to world news good morning America there's a lot there's a lot of staff yeah. a lot of people there's bright lights there's this live studio audience world news is totally different I mean, it's like David Muir and the stage director and like three other people in the room and it's kind of dark all around the set and everything. And so he always says like, you know, he prefers to go to world news. Good Morning America, he thinks it's a little bit too much, like too much activity. But funny story, so that day um, when he came, when the book was released, he was saying, Mommy, I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want to, you know, and where I was like, well, come on, they want you to be here. Because we actually took him out of school. Good morning, America. Oh, I was like, well, he was the inspiration, so he should be there. And so um, I was very slow. I said, well, these other kids, they're going to sit here. He said, Mommy, I don't want to sit there. I'm going to sit with Coco. That's my mom who was also there. And so, but ultimately, I just tried to kind of walk him out there. And he walked and he sat. And so I was very pleased that that happened. And, but it was like pulling teeth initially. Yeah. So then when we were walking back down the hall, uh, he said, Mommy, I want to go back to the camera. I want to go back in front of the camera. So it was like, oh, he got the bug. Yes. He caught it just that, that quickly. <laughs> but I don't know. He, every day, is, you know, he wants to be a different, he wants to be a fireman. He yeah. wants to be a policeman. He wants to be a Star Wars, you know, uh, what do they call the, the people, the droids and all yeah, the, you know, all whatever. That. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, yes. yeah, stay tuned for that one.
work-life balance and being a mom and, you know, your career is demanding, but obviously being a mom is the number one job. How do you just make time for it? I know the donut day helps, but... Right. I mean, that definitely does. And then, you know, on the weekends, just giving him his time and really making sure. So on Fridays, I often try to, after I do Good Morning America and come back home, I often try to work from home. And ABC has been really great in helping me to do that where, you know, if I'm called in, then, you know, if there's something that I'm assigned to or if I know automatically, oh, I had some big story from Thursday that's going to carry over. So I know the drill and I'm going to come in. And often what happens on Fridays, I bring him with me. Um, and I'm able to, you know, kind of entertain him in, in my office for a moment um, with the iPad, unfortunately. But he's at least with me, and he looks forward to that, and he'll ask. He doesn't really know the days of the week, but he'll say, is it Friday, or, you know, are we, am I coming to work? Am I going to ABC today? And so that's really important. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then, again, making sure that I'm home uh, in between to take him to school or at least receive him. Uh, or pick him up from school. That, I, I think just, just quality time, it's not, you know, the amount of time. I, I definitely think it's making it count when I'm there um, and making sure we have our special activities and our inside little jokes and, and that kind of a thing. I think that that really makes a difference. Definitely. All right, so a question that we do ask everyone is what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self that you already have everything you need mm. and to trust that you don't have to necessarily, it's not, I, I think that when things are ordained by God, that it's not about making sure that you're, you know, pleasing other people mm. in a false yeah. um, way. Um, but but I, I think that a lot of times I was trying to please people and trying to make sure and not necessarily being my authentic self and when I became my authentic self that is when I actually started seeing breakthrough happen and um, and so I think that I would just be more comfortable in my own skin it took me a long time I'm 40 now it took me a long time to to feel that way I mean it's just recent it's yeah. just recent that I that I have started feeling that I could be just who I am and and a child of God, yes. and and that, that is the most important thing. Definitely. Oh my goodness, that's a perfect ending. Yes, <laughs> and we know you are very busy, so we thank you so much for just allowing thank us to have some of your me. time. Thank you for having me. I'm so appreciative. Every morning on GMA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle on air TLR. And of course, if there's a lady you want us to interview, just let us know. We'll chat again soon in the, the ladies room. room.